Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read and Weep. We're back. Season Yay. 19, we're here, everybody. Hey. We did. Wow. It, it happens. Yeah, indeed. We are um, talking now about season 19 of Top Chef, Top Chef Houston. And specifically, we're talking about episode one, Primal Instincts. Mm. That huh. sounds delicious. I'm your host, Alex, in Hollywood, California, with my buddy Megan. Hey, bud. Yeah. And we are joined in Northern California by Ezra and Sarah. Hello. Hello. In Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris. Howdy, y'all. And running up the panel in lovely Burbank, California, it's Kyle, and at some point, possibly new Sarah. Oh, hey, everybody. I, congratulations on making it to Hollywood, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's We are in unincorporated East Hollywood. Which is not as cool sounding, but I just said Hollywood because it sounds nice. <laughs> I changed it. Um, Megan doesn't like my other name for the neighborhood we live in, um, which I say on the other podcast. All right. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, everybody. I'm so excited for you all to be here. I can't wait to talk about Texas. Do you have a um, Top Chef After Dark podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What is Night Top Chef like? It's, it's just everybody could. Chef. All right. <laughs> Options. I, I think it would be, I think you could definitely do like a midnight snack Top Chef where it's like a little dark. Everyone's trying to microwave something. Everybody's on various drugs. <laughs> I mean, would people watch this um, on Quibi? Certainly. Maybe on, <laughs> maybe this is a Peacock show. It's a Quibi quality show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why have we not said Quibi quality before? That's so perfect. We love a Quibi quality show. Speaking of which, um, we have, uh, we're excited to be carrying the new season for you. But let's start, before we get into the episode exactly, let's start with a good old-fashioned feels dump. That's how we like to start a season. Oh. How is everybody feeling about Top Chef Houston? Chris, what do you, what do you got? What's oh, bubbling well, inside I mean, you? Overall, I'm excited. I'm excited at the start of every new Top Chef season. I gotta say... I was really attached to the season 18 cast. And part of it mm -hmm. is that the season 18 cast, I think more than any other cast, did a lot of after show publicity on Instagram and, and other social media that I followed. So I still kind of thought of that group as the Top Chef group. And then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who are all these strangers <laughs> that are on my television? Everybody's new and I don't know them. But that is they so seem interesting. Promising. After 18 seasons, it still feels weird when there's new people. It's still oh, it's like you're not my mom. Little, you're not yeah, my dad. Well like, well, like in Dawn's there and like, you know, it's just yeah. like, wait, what, oh, wait. Uh, uh, yeah. OK. But I think it's going to be great. Like the the talent's really good so far. I mean, the the challenge uh, first episode challenges are never easy. And uh, I think this group uh, acquitted themselves pretty well. So nice. ish. yeah, obviously, we're all very attached to the season 18 cast minus one who we never speak of ever again. True. Yep. It's so wild that <laughs> it was such a bold move of Top Chef to go through an entire season and just have no one win. Like, yeah, everybody, viewers so included, were the winners of, like, having this journey together. It was revolutionary, really. Everybody's a runner-up this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Gawker wrote an article, had an article this week that was like, they've just never spoken about this ever again. They were like, we're going to do a big investigation, and they've never published anything. They've never talked about mm -hmm. it. The evidence points to the fact that they probably knew during the season and they didn't care and they're just not talking about it. Hmm. Fun. Cool. Uh, then again, you know, Gawker is not who I go to for my moralizing. Well, um, the, new, the new Gawker is pretty good. I respect the new Gawker. It's oh, run okay. by pretty good people. 
Oh, okay. I forgot there's a new Gawker. Well, good. Then they seem great. Let's let's respect let's them. Let's go and to them for then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle, Kyle feels dumb for me. Feels dumb. I mean, I, Sarah has lots of feels as well. I think I'll try and summarize for the household. Please do. We feel very complicated because, like, whenever Top Chef comes back, we're very happy because we get to talk to you guys. Like, Top Chef is like one of the most comforting and like uniformly enjoyable shows like i think yeah. we've ever watched yeah, like yeah. it 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 can let us down like the non-winner of season 18 but like the act of being in it is so enjoyable so it's good to have it back but we also felt complicated when they announced last summer that they were going to do this in houston not mm-hmm. because we don't like houston but because texas has been the center of so much like it's mm-hmm. it's hard to want to like bring this much attention to a state that like is very frustrating and like that it, yes. it's hard to separate the state from the people. Yep. Uh, and completely agree. It, it's just, it, it makes it complicated. Life is complicated. We have to accept that and we can't have easy things even in our reality TV uh, consumption. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, if I, it's any... I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I feel the same way. And I, I feel like the same way watching this that I feel like in the build up to the, uh, a big soccer fan is coming up with the Qatar World Cup, which is one of the most abhorrent things I've ever yeah. seen. And this is this is, and I feel similarly about this. It's like all the love for the people of of the show and of Houston, and um, it's not the people of Texas's fault in their entirety. It's the government. Um, but yeah, this is a government where human rights are not universal, and that just well, like it is in Qatar, and that's not good. And I don't feel good about that. And but also I do like, like watching people cook in a hurry. The the last like five to 10 seasons of top like top chef started as like a cooking reality show and now it's become like a lifestyle show where like the setting is like maybe 40 percent of the season right where like it is about like telling people this part of the country is really cool and there's things to do and top chef is like paid for by tourism boards and that's a big draw of getting them there so if if they were doing The Bachelor in Texas, I would be like, well, I'm not watching The Bachelor because it's in Texas. It, <laughs> because, like, that's not what you're watching it for. This is a show that is about, like, celebrating the location, too. And it's hard to, like, right. want to – it's just – it's a complicated thing. Like, I feel really like is. a real a-hole saying that. I, I guess uh, – sorry to just – No, uh, be positive. Go know. for it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I, let's let's be very clear. Houston is not Cotter. And Houston, well, actually, I, th- I feel solid with that that comparison. Oh, but yeah, go ahead. yeah, okay. But like you know, Houston and celebrating the diversity, celebrating like all these different cultures in this melting pot, and the cosmopolitan nature of this city that's mm-hmm. you know way down near the bottom of Texas is, uh, I think, important. And it's important to show that even in a state where the overall state government is doing one thing, you know, that uh, the people and and the values of the people uh, in this place are something else. And I think that the producers of Top Chef, Tom, Padma, Gail, like uh, very much are in favor of equity, of progressive politics. And, uh, you know, even the statement at the start of this episode about respect for uh, cooks and for line cooks uh, and and coming out and respecting and valuing individuals who are working hard on their feet every day, um, you know, is not in line with the politics of the state of or the Republic of Texas. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know. This I mean, the point Megan was making to me yesterday when I was complaining about this was to remember to keep city governments and state governments separate because they're different groups of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I, I don't know anything about the city government of Houston. Right, but, um, right. I'm not saying I, that they're great either. I have no idea, but. But at least communities. And, yeah. And yeah. state government. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and especially with tech, with Houston, it feels like there, I feel the echoes on the way this show is set up from Padma's uh, uh, Hulu show, where she spent a lot of time in Texas and was and and with the communities with communities in Texas, and it feels like she was very excited to bring a lot of those communities to the show as well. This show as well, and that's amazing. Well, I'm excited to see that. I I, I am I'm, I'm excited to watch this season, and I. It'll it'll be an interesting challenge for the producers to see if they're able to like temper that and see how far they can go to actively counter those sort yeah. of feelings by like finding a way to make this season of Top Chef also highlight Houston in that way right. to to really hammer home the fact that like this place and the people aren't the same thing that I'm getting hung hung up on with the overall. Kyle, can I ask you a, feel, a feels dump from from a Southern boy seeing Texas this way? And like, how does Houston fit into the quilt of Southern? It doesn't. Texas doesn't fit. It, it, Texas is Texas. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's as some, south as you can get. Thing. Yeah. Well, well, no, it's it's as south as you can get. But like the relationship of like North Carolina, like the southeast, like once you made, there's like a relationship between Texas and Louisiana and then Louisiana and like Alabama, Mississippi. But like. Mm-hmm. There's like that border where like there isn't really anything other than general conservative values between like <laughs> North Carolina and Texas. Like okay, Texas I was hoping you were going to be excited, different. but you guys don't get along is what you're saying. I well, have no connection. Yeah. Okay. But well, you both make barbecue. Just one of you makes it wrong. No, South Carolina makes barbecue fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one state that makes wrong barbecue and it's South Carolina. You can wait, bust wait. it off my pork. Hold on a second. Kyle, does that mean I can make barbecue any way I want and it will be more right? As long as it does not have mustard on it, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> game on. I give you, I give you permission. <laughs> I get... Mayonnaise heavy barbecue is coming your way, Kyle. <laughs> Ezra and Sarah, what's your feels dump for us? Well, I think what all you said is very poignant. Um, so I'll bring it back to the food, I guess. Um, I... <laughs> No, really. I yeah. I know we're saying um, some stuff, but like it's just let's good. Talk about the no, food. Yeah. it's good stuff, and uh, I have nothing to add because y'all are so perfect. And I said y'all because it's Texas. Thank you. Um, ooh, ooh. Right. thank you, uh, man. Side game. Who can say y'all the most this season? Oh, that's good. <laughs> Sarah is ahead with one. Um. I yeah. So my it. my feels dump about the food is that, and this might be true of every first episode, but. They're always saying, oh, this group of chefs, it's the best we've ever seen. The food's going to be the best. So whenever I see the food, I was kind of like, it looks fine. Like, I guess it's going to be good. I don't know. I, it just that first episode food never gets me excited. No, not never. It didn't this time, I have to say. But I know it always gets better. So it'll be fine. But I just, yeah, I don't know. It's never inspiring right away. And maybe it's because I don't know the chefs. And because they're, they're, it's such a big talk, oh, best group of chefs. Um, but I think I there's a lot of like, there's some structural stuff where they're like, um, this is a team, it's a team day. It's all sides of beef. Like there's only so much that everyone's actually mm-hmm. showcasing themselves. And then also you, you need to, I think in order to do well on the show, you need to be yelled at by Tom to cook your own food at least three times before you really find your voice. Before you actually find your groove. Yeah. Yeah. 
As? I think structurally the the episode might have also exacerbated that too. And I can get to those thoughts when we get to the elimination. Yeah, yeah, we're coming to the de- the deets of this, but especially it's also hard you just don't get a lot of time with anybody because there's too many cooks on my TV. Um although speaking of the cooks, I do want to the chefs I I I'm constantly impressed by the quality of people on the show. I mean, they're just an I, I feel really awkward during the James Beard hand raising and the Michelin like star hand raising. I don't like that as a structure, but I do like how many Michelin star and James Beard nominees there are there. One of the chefs cooked at God's favorite restaurant, apparently, which is cool. That um, was so funny. That felt like Padma was like, when can I reveal that there's a man from Noma in the crowd? <laughs> well, and like, you know, there's like, I staged at Noma guy, which is one thing. But then like this guy was like, like oh, years. I spent eight and a half years cooking eight, there. And eight like, and a half is a very specific number yeah. of years. Like he really needed yeah. those extra six months or it wouldn't have sounded impressive. Well, I mean, those are well, like probably long days. Oh my like, God. You know, yeah. You want to count all months. those. But yeah, just to get to that though, weird. if you could, if you just looked at the pictures and were like, which one of these chefs cooked at Noma for eight years? Of course, it's the guy with the big bugged out eyes and the blonde beard. <laughs> who's like, he likes is stressed, but also like seems pretty quiet. Like just a picture of him, like Noma boy. <laughs> <laughs> that Noma look. Um, I it, the, the whole the world's best restaurant is just like such a ridiculous list anyway, and yeah. so we were just uh, having a good having a good chuckle at how good in order to be Earth's best restaurant, God must have voted. Anyway, we had a good time about it. So <laughs> it's clearly God. God sat at the chef's table and tried Noma's food and really liked it, and that's why um, he got to be so good. I, I like. Um, I like also the camaraderie we got early on. I felt like people were getting along early despite yes. it being a super nerve-wracking and brutal competition. And that's one of the main things I want from this show. You're talking about it becoming more of a lifestyle show is I want I want a group of chefs to become fast friends and then continue to display that friendship as they are slowly picked off by an unseen malevolent force. That's what I'm enjoying. Yeah. Sure. I want them it's to a horror hug. movie for you. Yeah, it really is a horror movie when you think about it. But that's what I like. So it was cool to see them bond early because I don't know if that that generic condo building with pool tables was enough to get me to bond with somebody. But they were doing it. It's okay, just nice to see people. We've got, it's true. It is. That's true. And, and we've nice got 14 people. chefs and and then one camp counselor named Sam Kang. And <laughs> Sam Kang, oh. the beef king. Sam is maybe on the wrong show. And I love it. It's really He's fun. our favorite, too. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, oh. early favorite. Yeah, you, he was uh, he was the one who said you you can taste crazy in food, right? And he's just yes. like walking yeah. slow and you know just, just really chill during his ten minutes. It may have sunk his team, but really fun way to do it. No, no it wasn't his fault. His team. Yeah, because Noma Noma crazy Noma man did not uh, get food on the plate. Yeah, well, but one of the re- I mean, it's hard to blame the third person for not finishing the dish when the second person didn't cook. No, I don't think, no, no, no. Let's get <laughs> into, let's, let's get into it because get after Sam went and like you know Luke from Noma is like, well, yeah, this is like ready to plate, but I got to put some of myself on the plate, so I've got to like spend the next ten minutes cooking something that I can say I did because this is ready to go. Like that was his input on that thing. It was not that you know, Sam was so slow and there was nothing to plate. It was, he was busy trying to make his signature mark. 
You know? Okay. 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 Do, do you, Alex, do you want to get us a transition so I we can get, really I dig into this? I want to get this? everybody into, on board because I know that there are, for reasons I, I can't explain, but I do know there are at least three people who listen to the show who have never who don't watch Top Chef. So let me just catch everybody up with what's okay. happening. Let me give you a summary of the challenge. So for the first quick fire of season 19, our first judge is Chef Don Burrell, who you may remember as an Olympian, a non-finisher of dishes, and a chef partner, partner? question mark of a forthcoming uh, restaurant in houston called late august um great to see um the continuity especially if you were remembering these chefs from last year to see don starting out this year as our houston representative and she's presiding over uh what i like to call the classic silent treatment relay where each member of a three chef team gets 10 minutes to work on the, the team's dish that must be cohesive while still showing each member's unique voice despite the fact that they are barred from using their voices so each chef gets 10 minutes to silently work on the dish and then hand it off. Um, the Brown team starts the show hot with an accidental vegetarian dish. Um, after uh, No Taste Buds Robert can't find the pork, he lost the pork. Although, um, I guess in his defense, I'm also used to seeing the pork on the grill and not underneath it. That's not where I look no, for pork. No, no. All right, Jackson is place. the one who can't taste, by the way. Oh, wait. No, wait. What? Yeah. No, it was. it's a... Uh, um, no, yeah, you're right. I said Jackson. Robert and I meant Jackson. I was picturing Jackson. Just wrote the wrong name down. Too many chefs on my TV. Big guy. It's, uh, it's no tastes Jackson. Anyway, he he's the one who I'm already mad at from the because the the preview, the trailer for the season was him being like, I can't taste, but I'm going to keep that a secret. Really unfortunate um, to start with. I like I already don't like him and it's not his fault. It's just the way they edited him. Yeah, in that. but I mean, like this is this episode proved that like, even if he can't taste, he remembers flavor so well uh, yeah. <laughs> where he was able to water roast those eggplant and put his team in the top of the quick fire when he couldn't taste a single thing. His other chef testants had cooked. Right. So, and had lost something that couldn't like, find half his other teammates. had. Yeah, exactly. So like, in, in 10 minutes, he came up with a new like centerpiece for the dish, not knowing what anything else tasted like <laughs> and still did better than three other teams and like i i hope he sticks around long enough to do the like in blindfolded oh, ingredient no. thing. <laughs> because be i would so love funny. that because obviously the producers know that he it has symptoms of long-haul covid even if his like fellow competitors don't and they would they gotta toss him in there and get get him like an o for 20 on that i would love that it. is very funny i do um, feel bad um, about him having long like i mean what a terrible thing to happen to you before you go on this intense cooking show is you he got covid he recovered but he still can't taste or smell but the way they edited it in the trailer made it look like he believed he had covid and was just not telling people and it turned out to be a different problem but like it was just a weird setup for the guy so i mostly should feel bad for him but i instead i'm just like oh this doofus you're mad his at part. your local hollywood boy i know one hollywood boy <laughs> I also think he ended up telling people. I think it was just the quick fire that people didn't yes. know yeah. because there was a scene, yeah, in the elimination challenge where someone's tasting something for him. Clearly, yeah. understanding and what's why. He do like while they're choosing teams, he's just going to be like, "I can't taste or smell anything." Just waving around a knife that says two, and you're like, "I don't know what flavors are." Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> I've never cooked before. I want a contest to be on this contest. <laughs> just like knife blocks. <laughs> anyway, so I have a he, key grip. So I put the wrong jacket on. I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> so Jackson ma- manages to make this incredible dish without having the pork or or the sense of taste. Um, but yellow. Oh, wait, sorry, so, do we nickname him yet? Well, I, I nicknamed. I called him No Taste Buds Jackson, but um, you, you don't <laughs> so, have to um, agree with no, that. Uh, um, was it uh, Smellless Joe Jackson? Oh, okay. Smellless. Because like I see what you did there. What I mean, like the black sock scandal, guys. Come on. We're all always talking about the the black sock scandal. Like tasteless tongue, Jackson. Tasteless sounds meaner, actually. Tasteless. He can't taste. Tasteless is a different thing entirely. Anyway, so Brown comes in uh, second place, but the winners of the quickfire are the yellow team with their salsa verde beef and fish sauce butter, which was frothed to a nice foamy consistency by Chef Buddha's shaky hands uh, as he's serving it. He really got a lot of butter sauce all over the t- over it. It was really lovely. Apparently, very Aww. very good. Um, it, that team. It, that team looks strong. Y'all. I mean, one thing about today that I liked in terms of figuring out where I rank everybody is that the same teams were on the top and bottom of the quickfire and the elimination. So, yes, we got to yeah. see people hit it, hit it twice and, and miss it twice. So, um, yeah, yellow a different team strong. on top, right? Okay. There was another team in the. Well, I think they, they, they might have just. Well, but they. Um, oh, go ahead. I, I I feel like this was a, a little like they might have liked the yellow team just as much, but because they won, they're like, let's spread the wealth for this first episode. Yeah. And not yeah. So yellow was not on the top in the in the so it was brown was on top in both, and red was on the bottom in both. Is what happened. Um, I think that uh, we get into some weird rules lawyering, lawyering from head judge Tom Calicchio, um, yeah. which invariably happens. I think when when two teams. Uh, it was like, oh, both were good meals and good plates of food. So, who inhabited the challenge the most? Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. like, you know, had the. I, and I don't how know. Do you compare I would call that, that rules lawyering so much as rules making it up on the spot, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, I have it's, decided it's, this comes down to the best use of broccoli. He just sometimes says that. Yeah. We've so, had, like, Ty goes to the, to the homework assignment though before. Like, Ty, Ty yeah, goes we, to the street. We have. We have. And, and the fact that the, the, beefiness i guess of the beef challenge uh and we're skipping way ahead i'm sorry yeah uh, I'm, just, <laughs> we're still I'm all over the shop and i'm really excited to talk about top chef with uh, you guys Hello. Well, let me just wrap this up really quick so <laughs> on the on the downside of the quick fire uh north dakota stephanie took the red team's thin pork chop and cooked it so hard everybody wished she had left it under the grill and Ugh. uh <laughs> the um blue team <laughs> question Guys, before we move on, sorry, Don being like, did you use oil when cooking? <laughs> like, there was not oil in that sauce. <laughs> there's like a good supercut to be made of judges asking really specific questions that you don't know the meaning of, but are about to find out. <laughs> oh man, that was brutal. Yeah, she did a real bad job with that pork chop, unfortunately. Although, yeah, I mean, it's a wild challenge. But um, the blue team did even worse because they were forced to present Padma and Dawn. They were forced to carry up to the dais two empty plates so that Padma can hold it up, which was like especially humiliating. Um, I after- was so excited to do that too. It was like, oh, an empty plate coming this way? I'm going to hold this up <laughs> yeah, and say, what a- happened here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did like, you do this? this I can almost a- imagine Padma going even further with the pantomime where she's like trying to fork something on the empty plate. <laughs> I don't understand. No, where It's not working, guys. What did what she say? Is this one of your fancy Noma dishes from the best <laughs> restaurant in the world? Did you make invisible food like Noma? 
I think we just missed a hook style fake like invisible food fight uh, moment that would oh, if we should only taken the first fight it all would have happened right afterwards. If, if Padma found her imagination, all of a sudden exactly. there'd be lots of goo there. It is you, Padma. So much goo. <laughs> also possible. Um, he was just showing that he can make he can put noma food on your plate. It's my little Noma joke I just came up with. Anyway, um, are you sure you just came up with that? Yeah, no, I didn't write that down before. (laughs) I was proud of it just now. Um, um, So yeah, we can. We'll discuss in a second whether it was Noma's fault or uh, Sam's refusal to um, cook. Um, But of course, Chef uh, Chef Don judging can't give anybody a hard time for not finishing in the allotted period, and that is the quick fire. Chris, now please present your argument again. Sam is fine. It was Noma's fault. Oh, yeah. All I was going to say about the empty plate is, uh, uh, you know, Luke, there was that two camera sort of debrief where Luke was saying that, like, you know, it was pretty clear what uh, Sam and Ashley were doing and that it would be a cinch to to plate it. But he wanted to add his own right. element, ingredient, spin on it, whatever. And so he spent all his time doing that, even if like everyone's being like one minute left. And he's just like sort of, you know, just get some extra or... Noma juice on this plate. Yeah, just see yeah. as hard as he could with 15 <laughs> seconds taken off. Yeah. <laughs> and he turns when it's time and he just looks so surprised. It was, <laughs> it was like, wait, oh, nuts. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is, it's disappointing. But I do feel like the cooking with the timer is just something that you've not practiced enough. No one's ever. Pra- it's going to happen early on, especially on such a weird challenge. I was I, when they when she was explaining this challenge, I thought for sure everyone was going to do bad for some reason. And people actually generally like had seemed to have a good time and mm-hmm. did a pretty good job with it. And I do love yeah. the idea of some like I like the way they cook when they're like, I'm just going to start some stuff. I'm going to put a thing out here and then let people finish. It's, it's a fun um, game of cooking telephone. I don't know. I didn't yeah. like this as a first challenge. It didn't. They they weren't allowed to talk to each other. So how can you get to know them any better? I don't know. Not not only were well, they not allowed to talk to each other. I couldn't tell if they could see the dishes well from. I could because some of them was like, how did you yeah, not no. see him? Were you not watching him cook the pork? Yeah, they were yeah. at completely far sides, grouped yeah. up by number, so they weren't able to talk to their other teammate. Like two and three couldn't talk about what one was doing. Oh, it was that's just good. that all the twos, twos way over out. on the side could see everything all the ones were doing but right. far away yeah. and so it was really really tricky from a communication like you really were coming to that station more blind than we've seen in the past yeah, yeah. Um, but i don't know i mean this seems like definitely a getting to know you type of challenge mm-hmm. i agree it with was Sarah an icebreaker game that, challenge yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this is the team building game more than it is a challenge yeah, I mean, and, and it's a no stakes quick fire, right? Even even the blue team that didn't play anything was fine. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. like well, except, except unless it crushes the spirit of a team so much so that they also fail again. That's true. And Megan was gonna, also accepted. said except. Yeah. Well, all three of the winners got immunity, which I thought was a little crazy. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of immunity. Guys, what are we still that's, doing with immunity, especially a three-person immunity? Yeah, but it's it episode matter. one. Yeah, it's episode sure. one, and it's like none of the three immunized chef testants uh, <laughs> nice. were at risk. So it's not like someone skated through either. It didn't right? matter, it but it could made, have mattered. And it I, made yeah. sense that they were staying in those teams, so it actually made sense for all That's three true. of them to have immunity. Yeah. So. yeah. I um, think the problem with this episode overall and this challenge is 
I prefer the first episodes where it's just like, give us your personality on a plate. Like, I yeah. think that's a better yeah. way to look because I don't yeah. know two thirds of these people uh, because like we haven't been able to figure out like what's sort of like their style as much. Like, uh, mm-hmm. who's it? is it Joe from the Yellow Team? Yeah. Yeah. Joe, like I she cooked really good food, but I have no real clear sense of like what her style is based on doing the middle stage of this relay and then cooking a beef dish that was also yeah. like, it, I, I, I really didn't like the elimination challenge even more than this. I thought the elimination challenge was bad and bad for society. Wow. <laughs> okay. okay I, I'm going to disagree with you first about Joe, if only because she showed her pedigree by making basically the Jonathan Waxman style salsa verde. Yeah. I was just going to say is, that uh, the one thing we know about Joe, um, Joe is from Austin and yeah, Joe worked for, for uh, Chef Kenobi, so yeah, and I makes her Chef Anakin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, oh, you're right. We don't know who go she is, way. but yeah. we know yeah. that she's well, very definitely. capable of executing on you know a certain type of component mm-hmm. that that pairs really well, and you know, kind of, I would assume has a really good baseline skill. I've eaten that salsa verde; it's wonderful. Yeah, I bet. so yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. The rest of you chefs are in trouble now. I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, joke. Um, all right, well, let's jump in. I want to hear about why this is bad, not just for us, but for the society. So let's jump into the elimination challenge. So the chefs stay in their teams of three, um, which was important to save time on the episode because Padma explaining the rules of how each team would pick which cut of beef took 29 minutes. So we had to save time on, on team choosing. Um, but each team gets their own, or each member of each team gets their own dish now, but the three are supposed to be cohesive featuring the same primal cut of beef that the team um, picks or is assigned. Primal cut, of course, is what they call it. When you see a picture of a cow and it's got all the dashed lines on it and the cow's smiling, like he's like, what are you drawing back there? Those are each... Those are the primal cuts. It's like the big, like, you know, big cut of beef that all the specific small cuts of beef come from. Yes. So so. we got chuck round ribs, sirloin, and regular loin. So there's like one loin, but it's been knighted. Yeah. I don't hate that. <laughs> that was the one I just came up with. That wasn't in my notes. I just oh, saw it as I was saying it. I was like loin and sirloin. Anyway, um, so they get their yeah they get their primal cuts. Uh, they serve their beefy dishes to a table that, of course, includes Tom and his full green dad cardigan. Just a hundred percent Tom coming out on this episode. Salute, and of course, uh, Kish is back to judge as well. Who's Kish, always who went to the same haircut hairstylist as Richard Blaze did last season? I feel I, uh, <laughs> it was very, it was alarmingly tall for hair. I love it. Get it as tall as you can. Um, I also remember when the first time Richard was on the show, and he was like, "I immediately spot the other haircut." And I was like, "Well, it's sure. less fun if you're that self conscious about it. If you're aware of it." Um, anyway, um, Brown shows what they can do for us with their um, Chuck three amazing ways. Um, or so they Chuck three amazing dishes at the judges and finish on top for the second time today. Um, their beef was tartared, uh, tallow seared, and then um, braised and laid to rest on a gentle pillow of gnocchi. Um, seems very restful. Um, the red team decides one bad turn, deserves another. So they go around again um, and end up in the bottom because they're cooking round. That was a round joke. Um, oh, wow. North Dakota Stephanie oh. watched the previous 18 seasons of Top Chef and decided the best strategy was to not speak up and allow a team to bully you into cooking a style of food you've never made before. So everybody insisted on her team that they were going to do an Asian theme. So she agreed 
reluctantly to add bok choy, which we all know would have made the dish if it had made the plate, but it didn't. Um, I have I have a, oh, yeah. a possibly unpopular opinion on this one. I, I think she purposefully left off the bok choy. Oh, wait. That's what do you think it's un- Why would that be unpopular? I love a conspiracy. I didn't, I didn't Get him. Yeah. I guess unpopular in my household. How could you not like that conspiracy? I, I have a heavily sheep. criticized opinion that has already been workshopped, <laughs> and I'm still going through with it. <laughs> I love that opinion. Yeah, she definitely submarined them with her bok choy. Oh, well, no, she kept saying like, hold. Oh, the bok choy didn't get on the plate. No, you right. didn't put it on the plate. That's some weird passive mm-hmm. voice right there. And the first thing she said was, where I'm from... We eat beef with potatoes, and that's it. <laughs> oh my god! It was so, I. I really one of my pet peeves on on Top Chef, and it doesn't happen very often. But is someone using where they were raised as an excuse to never stretch their culinary style? I, admittedly, sure. trying to cook something for the first time, your first day on Top Chef—that's a cuisine you're not at all familiar with—that would be really difficult. And it is a shame she didn't like advocate for herself more that way if she truly felt like out of her depth and felt like she was going to not help the team too. But like, I'm like, ma'am, it's not, you can't use that as an excuse. Like there are definitely other flavors available in North Dakota. <laughs> I mean, I can't vouch for that part. I've never been. And it seems like maybe it might be rather limited on its food options. Perhaps, I but I think it's like, you've definitely heard of other things, you know, like, I, yeah, think, I mean, she's right. She's, I think she's a chef. She's a chef. She, yes. she presumably has a, a fantastic palate. Like it just, it seems like, I, I just I guess I have more faith in her abilities to pull something out. But it was also, again, the first day and she didn't want to like start fights or whatever. But it just felt like such a bummer all the way around. I'm like, you, I don't don't hide behind where you're from as an excuse to not like try. Yeah, something different. I, I agree. I totally agree with yeah, that. I do. Th- it. I do think when somebody says our team is going to cook Asian food and that's not something you have any experience with experience on the show tells me. You should probably make a bigger deal of that. Well, yes, I do not exactly. cook that. I am not going. If we do this, I will lose. We will lose. This is bad. I think you have to be pretty clear about that because it's never going to be like, I, I mean, you're not going to fool a Tom. Tom is never going to be like, I thought it wasn't Asian enough. And then I saw some bok choy. And then I was like, oh, this ties together perfectly with the theme. Like, it's you're not going to sneak it by anybody. It's, it's a, her saying, like, this is the first time they've judged Top Chef, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's everybody's first day. So we'll all just feel it. But also, it was such a weird team, too, because because um, uh, Jai cooked what, what she called North Korean bibimbap. And I don't know the difference between that recipe and other recipes for bibimbap. I don't but think she they explained that either. either. She said she yeah. like she wanted Asian flavors, and I didn't realize until she was like explaining the dish that it was a North Korean bibimbap that she'd only read about. I don't yeah. remember her saying that in the discussion. So to have the that person, one of the people who did speak up and argued for the theme, also cooking outside of something they've ever cooked before and knew the recipe for, was very strange. Well, and also yeah. when they were judging them, they're like, "Well, listen, she didn't make it Asian, but it was also the best dish of the three, so she's pretty <laughs> clearly safe." Like. <laughs> That was wild. Yeah, yeah. That's why she took off the bok choy because she was figuring. <laughs> you know what? This is a meal. At least it'll taste good. Well, this is what they should have said. Then it, well, they could have gone with instead of it being Asian themed, it should have been the North of Two Things themed. Oh, <laughs> North Dakota oh. potatoes, uh, North yeah. North Korean bibimbap. When we all know North Dakota North, North is the North Korea of the barbecue. Sorry, as I stepped on that. <laughs> no, I just, I just, that's pretty good. 
I watched same it. Joke no, no, from different was, angles. Yeah. Yeah, it was the same. Just just look, if you care, listen to it. If you don't, let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's assigned to everybody else. You go back, you listen twice, you'll hear both jokes. Uh, that's so we pack we pack extra jokes into a podcast. <laughs> pack your jokes. That's a new title. <laughs> um it is uh it is a little bit disappointing that uh uh that that's how that whole thing went down. I would have loved it if she'd been like, this is not Asian, but it's amazing. Or this is North Korean bebop and everybody's so excited to see it. It all would have been, um, been really thrilling, but instead like both of those turned out not great, but even worse was Leah's summer role, um, that, uh, got the judges just, just steaming mad, just almost as hot as her raging fever from her bladder infection. Oh my thing. God. Sam was saying you can taste crazy in food. Apparently, you can also taste battling through a fever and a very uncomfortable bladder infection. Yeah, like, I mean, oh my God. So brutal. And to play through that pain just to be the first out. Ugh. I was oh, what wondering what day. would have happened if, like, she's like, hey, I got a bad fever. Uh, and then she, like, is, you know, like getting good treatment. And then maybe she doesn't actually have anything to be judged on and she just lives to fight another day. I feel like that's an equally good thing. This, has, of like muscling through this has happened before. And it's what an awkward judge, judges table where you're like, this is terrible, but this is literally nothing. How do you compare those two? I'd rather eat yeah. nothing. Uh, yes. There's definitely some food that's worse yeah. than being hungry. Again. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. nothing versus uh, a bite of meat that was so sinewy. Kish spits it out. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like not, uh, that's just not great. Well, no, and listen, they, they came up with this like Asian flavor. I, I, they were doomed from the start because like, Oh yeah, we'd love to make these Asian flavors. And it's a dish that one chef had only read about a dish where a chef didn't want to cook Asian food. And then when they say like, now, uh, Leah, how often do you cook spring rolls? You're like, not very often. <laughs> yeah, and somehow they bullied themselves into a theme none of them wanted. <laughs> it's a good, yeah, good song. How did that happen? It, it, all of them were just like, we don't have any expertise or passion. Well, there was a little bit of passion about this story that one chef had read about North Korean bibimbap. But yeah. like, there was, there was nothing personal about it. Uh, it was yeah. just... It was I, so so strange, and one, I was a little surprised that when it was Leah, though, because I felt like I felt like North Dakota had had such a bad edit from minute one. She was with the she was in tears. Yeah, she, and and then they had the quote specifically of her saying, "I think I'm okay," right before judges' table, yeah, I which like, I oh. I usually think it was a terrible sign, but she was right. Apparently, she just you don't have to right you don't have to outrun the alligator, just the slowest other person there, right? That's she just managed to be a little better than Leah. Well, here's the, I don't normally, I don't know, I don't think I normally bring this up, but there was a very big difference between the like palatability of like the plate she made and served and the like show plate for the still because like, oh yeah, the yeah. image oh. that they showed the close up was like really nice. It looked like a nice, like, I don't know if it was like sort of smoke rings and a good jus and the sweet potatoes were like nice on the side. But when they showed the plate that was about to go out of the kitchen, it looked like K&W cafeteria, just some like nondescript beef and ma like mashed sweet potato. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, that was one thing I was prepared for it to be really bad because it looked awful when she sent it out. I, I still yeah. think even with the um, the nicer food photography, it's one of the most disgusting dishes on the on the table that's still a, a pretty <laughs> ugly looking plate although the the spring roll is so 
or summer roll? I don't know. It's a summer roll. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. Um, two months later, um, in in my world, the uh, the groundhog said it was it was a uh, longer <laughs> some winter roll. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that roll also looks just awful. <laughs> it just looks really bad. Just like huge pieces of steak, and then like it's there's a little peach wrapped around it. It's these are like I, I don't I don't think I can usually tell because I don't eat beef. I can't usually tell in pictures how good this food's going to be. But I do feel like the red team was like, these are our show plates. This is the best we have to offer. This is our best shot at it. And it does not look particularly appetizing. Yeah, I would yeah. say most of the dishes didn't look that appetizing. Well, and this is what gets. Like, all right. So I, I this is why I think this is a bad challenge. And like, yes, please. Thank you. In terms of bad for society people should eat beef less. So having the first challenge be like, we're going to cook beef 15 different ways and seven of them are going to be exactly the same dish. Right. Like it, yeah. it was, it felt weird to, to have this be like the first challenge and also not give people a chance to like really cook their own food because they're also like, also you have to be cohesive and like, a beef progression meal like there's no world where people should be having a three-course beef meal at a restaurant that's like destructive and imagine the being the judges where you ate 15 beef courses oh, in a row well, we noticed about that yeah i know she joked about like, that at the end and i was like what a terrible ugh. day for the judges like when that even if judge... everything is perfect that would be terrible yeah okay that here's the thing though nick got like beat red by the end of the meal too like oh, yeah, yeah. started healthy and ended like <laughs> Sweating and was out. <laughs> um, here, here's here's my pitch, though. I think why this was actually like really uh, responsible. Like okay. no one comes away oh, from watching this challenge thinking, "Oh man, I should have more beef in my diet." They're like, "You know what? I don't think I need that much beef anymore. I think we're all good. I've seen enough dishes; they look like garbage. Like, let's all switch to something else. It's fine." It's like when Elmo gets to eat ice cream for every meal and realizes that maybe yes. it's best to just eat it for dessert. Yes, you have to eat the whole cat. You like beef so much, you're gonna eat everything. Beef for every oh, that's, meal. That's so oh, true. Yeah, yeah. touch. They they made and him they, smoke the whole pack of beef. <laughs> but like, you know, as a Texas-based challenge, I would have thought that the beef challenge wouldn't just be sort of episode one, that they'd go to a ranch. Yeah. They'd like do all this, mm-hmm. like, you know, heritage, sense of place. pastured cattle, you know, that are really like respect for, respected and all that. And right, they're just right, like, right. well, here's some primal cuts. Go go for it. Yeah, they didn't even talk about um, where it was, was from. I mean, it, again, they have yeah. like 20 million people on the show. They don't have time to do it, right, but yeah. it really didn't. They like left it up to the viewer to connect the dots that there's yeah. a lot of cattle ranching in Texas. It was very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was weird. Well, presumably, we didn't it's because get much no the... heritage cattle ranch wanted to fork over the money to be featured. Just like no condo wanted to. Exactly. Like why there's yeah. there's no name on the condo <laughs> building on this one. It's just like, hey, look, we called. No one wanted to give us a hundred grand oh. for us to show their pastoral. Yeah. Cow so situation. we don't. Mom and Padma just ru- like they just rustled a cattle basically in the middle of the night. Um, before the challenge speaking of did anyone else find it okay was it weird or charming that Padma went into this elimination meal wearing a suede top and leather pants (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it was weird they made her they made her eat ice cream for every meal including the getting dressed meal she had to wear ice cream for the meal too (laughs) exactly it was it made me laugh but then it made me feel sad (laughs) yeah it's both I agree uh, yeah yeah uh tanya had a note that that padma this season so far appears to dress like a sim just yes. in terms of 
Like if you if you know you know, uh, but like it, it seems like her stylist for this show is really dressing her in simlish in a in a real interesting way. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I just love that analogy. Yeah, yeah, that's new that's shade that I've not heard before. Yeah, exactly. On. That's absolutely spot on. <laughs> well, shout out to Padma for wearing her Planned Parenthood pin yes. in the quick fire, though. Yes, yep. she did have her little PP on her dress. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it sounds bad when you say it that way. I did not uh, plan it. That just happened. Uh, you couldn't. You can go three for three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. And I do think because I know. I mean, I know that a lot of people including Padma really do care about the issues we're talking about at the top of the show and so like a little subtle protest from her helps like yep. at least remind us that it she's does. not enjoying them I mean she's enjoying the money they gave her but she also doesn't like them um, th- the only thing I think that really stands out from this whole set of, of of dishes to me is the spotted dick for obvious reasons what um, are they what are the reasons <laughs> what are the spots <laughs> <laughs> it's the spots yeah the spots really do it for me okay aren't the spots um, usually like chocolate chips or raisins or something yeah usually it's raisins mm-hmm. right um so yeah, this was raisins and beef tallow that's is... what i'm looking for in my dessert all right it doesn't sound good when you say it that way <laughs> i just like that buddha made a dessert so um he made suet pudding with beef fat caramel and miso ice cream which yeah none of that sounds good yeah but, but also considering like- Again, just going back to the beef aspect of it, like if you're going to say, I have this giant primal cut of meat, we have these two dishes, and I'm just going to take the fat <laughs> and make a dessert. Well, yeah, it's, it's you don't need to use the fat, but it's yeah, also you got to like, use the fat. You just like you had to use the vest for for Padma, and you have to you have to use every part of it. Um, I mean, here's the thing, Alex. If you're a fan of beef tallow spotted dick, you're also a fan of immunity because that is not happening otherwise. <laughs> well, no, I am. A, it's so true. I am a fan of people with immunity going wild. That part mm-hmm. I do like. I think that's your your responsibility is to be like, I have this terrible, crazy idea, but I'm going to try it. Yeah. It's only fair. I just okay, wish so that it's everyone immunity. had gone that wild. Someone should have made sliders. Like, so I should have just... <laughs> yeah. That would have been great. Or just like a good burger. You know? Yeah. yeah. Just put a pickle on it. Just a good, simple burger. All you need is a pickle. <laughs> All right. So um, as we wrap up on the elimination challenge, I have one important question for you. As a whole, for this episode, guys, from zero to five, how many cow pokes are in your posse? <laughs> this got... Oh. One and a half y'alls, I think, for me. <laughs> <laughs> Only one and a half y'alls? You don't think there's like plenty of beef in Texas? Like, no, there is, but you know, we got no ranch, right? Like, uh, we got you know, like no history, and I oh, don't they know. They should have put ranch like, dressing on it. That's and, true. And, and, well, That's and I don't know. I, I saw very few hats, um, and also I don't know if it's like a thing that, like cooking Texas style is like where three people have to make one dish without talking to each other. Like, I don't think right. that's it. And so yeah, in that case, they don't talk about their issues in Texas. Uh, <laughs> I need that subtext there. Yeah. Um, so 1.5 y'alls. That's fair. Yep. I'm willing to give it one y'all. <laughs> I have one one cowpoke in my posse just going, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah I, it, it it wasn't it wasn't very Texas, I don't think. I, but also, I don't care about judging the season based on how Texas it feels because the more Texas it feels, the weirder I'll feel. That's true. That is so true. However, as a tradition, I do want to keep asking how many crop folks <laughs> in your posse. It just fits with our show. I I do think this was yeah, this was more of a um, 
welcome. There's 15 of you. You got to learn each other's names. We have to learn your names. Here is like, let's, let's all, let's all play two truths and a lie or something. Like oh, that's what we what? just did for this episode more than all I right. did get to know tech. This, this is actually for the magical elves. Season 20's first challenge is a name game cooking challenge where you have to pick a food that starts with the first letter of your name <laughs> yes, and a yes. flavor that also an, starts with that name. An adjective that has mm-hmm. that same, starts the same so letter. Be like, Kitchy ka- Kyle's Kitchy Kale. <laughs> and it's like a throwback kale salad. Kale. Oh, I like it. Ser- served on like a country kitchen, sort of like there's a duck with a, a scarf on the plate. Yeah, just sort of on a real like the diner plate with like the big blue ring. Oh, the yeah. Room. Oh, I like this. All right. Kitchy so, Kyle's Kitchy Kale. Free challenge like for the Magical Elves <laughs> for episode one. I'll a email them. Game. Not yeah. free. We expect money. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We have a baby. We need money. They can't be taking our ideas. This is Stingy Sarah's uh, idea. Yeah, it's Stingy Sarah's. To the Sarah's Stingy Salmon. Yeah, there's going to be a tiny piece of salmon. On the <laughs> um, I like it. Chris, do you have any, any cow pokes to add to this? No, I think somewhere between one and one and a half y'alls and or... Oh, between, because that wasn't enough of a range. You wanted to get in there. <laughs> no, I, 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 1.39 y'alls. Yeah, I, I agree funny. with what's been said. I agree with what's been said. Okay. I mean, I think that what's... Like, the things that stand out to me about this episode have nothing to do with Texas. And yeah. it's, you know, it's it's the failure of the red team. It's the manufactured sort of dramatic edit for Robert and his gnocchi and his mm-hmm. breaking up some weird braise with, like, a sieve for, like, an hour. You know? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Sarah, so glad, like, Sarah his, his miming, like, yeah. duck, 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 duck. And then he won. His was the best dish, yeah. you know? And... um that was that was a lot totally but you know yeah sure there was beef I'll give it one. <laughs> incidentally my, one, my dish which i'm gonna offer free of charge to leah is alex's amazing antibiotics <laughs> that's Ayo. where we're gonna go from here mm. just cranberry you, stuff, you know right? cow, anybody else have any cowpoke additions i'll do 1.2 Two, three, y'all. Oh, no. But, <laughs> so it's I'm one cowpoke with an extra cowboy hat on top. I'm not, yeah. like... not going to justify that, but I do want to say I love how the question is how many cowpokes in your posse? And the answer is a number of y'alls. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many y'alls do you hear? Yeah, that's how you know how many cowpokes are in that posse. <laughs> how many y'alls cowpokes are there? Yeah, makes perfect sense. <laughs> All right. Um, last thing before we go um, <laughs> is uh, we have we have no real mailbag to speak of because I didn't tell anybody the show was happening, um, <laughs> which is one of my tricks every year. In case that sounds like it's just lazy social media management, what it really is is it always feels tenuous. So I just didn't want to overpromise. So here's me un, 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 underpromising and overdelivering. There's a season we're going to do it. So please get in touch. But I do appreciate everybody who sent us a couple of like articles of last week. I mentioned the Gawker one, um, and I will uh, post that in our links as well. But also uh, a bunch of different people sent us. Uh, recommended that we watch uh, the Food Network show Tournament of Champions again this year. Mm-hmm. So this is there's a new season on uh, uh, the Food Network of Guy Fieri's Tournament of Champions, which has got just it's just just a, a grip of Top Chef alum on it. And we tried to watch the first season of it, and there were like the cooking is good and the Top Chef people are good. Although I do feel like Guy Fieri does not know he's hosting a show and does not care. I like I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> wait, a wait, host. Wait. How could you do fo- both? Well, he's he, at any point, he's just like, I could be hosting a show or not. I don't care. 
Uh, but I'm okay. not going to check. <laughs> is, it, yeah. is it like cutting to like him and he's like eating a hot dog and just like yeah he's seriously oh. like just like standing in the corner of this warehouse being like i guess just two minutes left like he just really does not care about the <laughs> show like I just, he's phoning it in as hard as i've ever seen i, I have I, it's hard to imagine a host putting less into a job than guy fury was putting into the first season of tournament champions but i did ask and uh, jay number one said that it does seem like guy is more passionate this season so Okay. I like for Top Chef fans that is available. Also, I think everybody on this season or most of the people on this season of Top Chef have been on other cooking shows at this point. I, I just yep. noticed like yep. Leah was on um, like three different versions of Iron Chef plus Chopped. Plus there's a the documentary Her Name is Chef has a, one of the segments is about Leah. So just like cool the, the, the casting people on Top Chef, um, in addition to your other accolades, are definitely just watching other shows right now. Sure. Um, so I appreciate those suggestions and keep them coming. But most of all, any thoughts you have, and as always, I want to know how many cow pokes are in your posses. So please send those along. Um, you can send us an email podcasts at read weep.com podcasts at read weep.com. And we really appreciate everybody's contributions. Final can thoughts we bo- before we, bold, uh, pre- bold predictions, bold predictions before we saddle up. Um, um so Sam King, the beef King for, uh, for fan favorite. Um, I mean, Sam for fan favorite is not a bold prediction. That is a very down the middle, easy prediction right now. Okay, I agree fine. with you. Leah, Leah runs the table. <laughs> <laughs> Once she fixes that, it, it fixes her bladder issue. She comes on strong. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, hope they got her antibiotics. It's a yeah, it's a, a fast course of medicine yeah. at least. And before last chance kitchen, surely they will help her out. <laughs> I think that is probably true. I think she'll be healthy, and I think she'll be very. I mean, considering her experience on rapid rapid cooking shows she's probably very very good yeah. um and i look forward to seeing that um i've got a bold prediction let's hear it uh noma luke's performance on this season will lose noma the title of best restaurant <laughs> in the world <laughs> uh, god will disapprove god will <laughs> turn his back on noma and noma will oh, become wow. the seventh best restaurant the, oh no the shame the, the UK publishing company no one's ever heard of that made up this list of restaurants is going to see Luke's performance and take it away. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised that uh, there wasn't more, there weren't two teams on the bottom because it seemed like everyone hated blue teams dishes or like, I was very confused by the judges reviews of the blue team because they really liked Ashley's tartare with, uh, Oh, what was the flavor on it? It was an African pepper sauce. They liked that a lot. But then like yeah, they said, was Gail was like, Sam's dish blew out my palate. I can't taste anything anymore. And I also can't stop eating it, which was a very weird review. No, I and, like that. Yeah, yeah. Hurt and me. then Kish was like, Luke put all this stuff into his dish. There's everything. And it doesn't taste of it doesn't oh, have yeah, a that was, that was, yeah that was the one that's like this is it was seaweed mushrooms fish sauce and there's no umami flavor in it it was actually kind of a miracle Garlic. of modern science <laughs> the one thing about that oh, dish though man. is it literally was our dish like we have that plate uh, oh you have that so, plate i love that plate that's really yeah, nice looking. And they use they use that two two dishes use that dish uh would had the dish also so uh shout out to i don't know that blue, dish company that, that dish company doing, <laughs> doing great dishes um, yeah that's 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 uh i i liked the dishes in this season so i was actually i know i didn't say anything earlier because it sounds embarrassing but i was just like I re- in these all these beauty shots i really like a lot of the plates this year and then you guys had some so yeah. secretly my subconscious was 
complimenting you guys. Um, other bold predictions for this season? Anything else? I Do you think there's going to be an overnight chili cook-off? No. Mm, maybe an overnight brisket. Yeah, they're oh, pretty, yeah, yeah they're they should smoke smoking, something smoking overnight. Challenge? Yeah. yeah, I think there's going to be something like that. Um, well, and they also teased a brisket-looking thing. Yeah, that yeah, was there, brisket. Was oh, yeah, that what brisket? Else? I don't know. It was. I was. I was like, yeah. oh, and the meat with the thing on it, with the ring on it. Is that a brisket? <laughs> it's brisket. Yes. Yes. It's a brisket. This brisket. There was. There was also. They teased something being on a field, which is always one of my least favorite ways that they cook. Is when yeah, there's like sports. they just set up a kitchen yeah. in the middle of a large field for some reason. Oh uh, yeah, sports. And they unleash the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there's a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Um, somebody's going to have a bee in their bonnet at some point later on. Okay, uh, we would love to hear your bold predictions as well. Podcasts at read-weep.com. We look forward to the rest of this season of Top Chef. Nope, not that one. Got to redo this. <laughs> moves over here. Um, oh, no, I just say that at the end. Okay, I remember now. It's been a while since I've done the show. Let me put it down. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you, Megan. Thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> Look, sometimes Megan the behind the scenes of making a podcast away. is not glamorous. <laughs> what? Sometimes I press the wrong button and I gotta I gotta recover. I'm just gonna cut that part. To be here. Thank you for joining us, uh, Serenez. Thank you. You got this right in the first try, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went so smoothly today, guys. New Sarah, Kyle, and your baby. Aww. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks Bye, for having everyone. us. Great chatting with you. And Chris, pack your mics and stay home. But you Aww. can leave sometimes. Okay. Or maybe cool. it's safe to leave all the time. Eh, probably not. And Grace, you <laughs> put this baby very close to the mic and she just looked at it. So we yep. didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Not yeah. a lot of good audio there. All right. We'll see everybody with next week for the next episode. Here's the normal song that I always play in this part. Bye.